When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell from Agents of Change. Thanks for checking out my podcast. If you enjoy the content, please check out my ASWB test prep courses for the bachelor's, master's, and clinical exams. Each Agents of Change course includes more than 30 key topics that closely match the ASWB KSA content areas. Our content is great for both auditory and visual learners and includes video walkthroughs, supplemental materials, hundreds of practice questions, and twice monthly live study groups with me. You can learn more and get 10 free practice questions at agentsofchangeprep.com. Hi there, this is Megan Mitchell with Agents of Change Social Work Test Prep. And today I am bringing you one of my social work shorts. And I've been hearing a lot from those taking the exam that there have been questions on program evaluation. So today I am going to break down the six steps of program evaluation for you. I'm going to put it in terms of a sample program and we're going to work through the different steps. As with all of my content, I always say if you can come up with your own example and work through the different steps, you're going to internalize it a lot better. So my task to you is after watching this, see if you can come up with a program and walk through the different steps and come up with what you would be doing at each step. So let's dive right into program evaluation. So what is program evaluation? Program evaluation is when you're collecting information about a program that you ran um, in order to make decisions about the program. So what does that mean? Think of in a setting where you might be running a group program for 16 weeks. A program evaluation would look at that group that you ran. It would see, did it meet its goals? How much did the program cost? Um, did it have an impact? Did the program do what it said it was going to? And why we have to run these program evaluations is because in social work practice, as you know, money and resources are always limited and it's always generally a competition. So we need to evaluate our program so we can determine what is working and or if something's not working, how we can improve it so that when we go to the stakeholders, when we go to funders, we can say, you should invest in my program because look at these results. So program evaluation is very, very important because it's often tied to resources and funding. An example I gave here, if you work at an agency and you're running a parenting group, a program evaluation would help you collect information about your program and if it is effective or not. So any sort of program that you have run at an agency, it can be small scale or large scale, you can do a program evaluation for. And why do we need to use program evaluation? Why do we conduct a program evaluation? To prove results. Like I said, if money or resources is tied to something, you want to show that your program, your agency is putting um, on things that are impactful and have results that work. 
you might need to show to funders um, that your program's working, um, the costs of it, the benefits, and that might give you um, information that you can use to secure grants or to get people to fund these programs that you're putting out. To improve services, sometimes you might evaluate a program and see that there was areas of improvement or there were certain things that need to be fixed, some certain things that need to be revised. Program evaluation can be very helpful in helping you improve services. So maybe you ran a group and you realize attendance was much lower than you thought. Um, that could help you in improving the services to maybe ensure that you're offering that program at a time that works for participants, or maybe you're offering transportation so participants can get to the program. You can also use it to cut costs or justify needing more money. So if you see that you ran a program and there's areas where you can trim off a little bit of money, um, that's going to be really helpful. Or if something has a really big impact and you want to scale it up, um, you might use program evaluation to show that you need more money so that an agency or funders or community partners would want to put more money into a program. And then um, also you can use it to compare to other programs. So if you're an agency running, you know, tens of programs or hundreds of programs, you want to have that data from the program evaluation to say um, this program compared to this program, which one is serving more people, which one's having laster, lasting impacts, which one is serving the community better. So lots of different reasons that you might use program evaluation, um, but ultimately it's very, very, very important um, to prove that a program is working and that people should invest in it. So there are six steps to program evaluation. So I have listed them here and then we are going to go through each of the steps and um, we are going to do one overarching program and work through each of these six steps. So our first step is to engage stakeholders. Our second step is to describe the program design. Third, focus evaluation design. Four, gather credible evidence. Five, justify conclusions. And six, use and share lessons learned. You're probably looking at this and thinking, oh my goodness, none of this makes sense. We are going to go in further detail each of these six steps. And like I said, we are going to use an overarching example so that hopefully you'll be able to understand it a little bit better. Okay, this is just an example that I'm going to give and for us to use throughout our working through the success of program evaluation. So the sample program, um, this is the scenario. Imagine that you are the facilitator of an eight-week social skills group for sixth grade girls to promote positive self-esteem and pro-social skills. You will conduct a program evaluation upon completion to determine results. So you're working, let's say, in a school, you run a girls group, and the participants that were chosen to be in the group have identi been identified as having poor self-esteem. You are going to use a set curriculum, and the goal would hopefully be to show some sort of improvement in self-esteem and pro-social skills for those participants. So this is our example. Now we got to do the six steps of program evaluation. So step one is to engage your stakeholders. And this is simply 
who wants to know the results of this evaluation? Who would it be important to include when you run this evaluation? And this can be a variety of different people based on what you're evaluating. So given our social skills group, um, some examples of some stakeholders might be teachers, school leaders, that could include principals, vice principals, counselors, parents. Parents are going to want to know, are they going to see results if their students engage in this group? The school board. So when you work in schools, if you have programs that show results, the school board or other high up people in the education system would be interested in knowing because ultimately funding might come from your school board. Outside funders. Sometimes um, schools get grants from outside partners to fund programs. If anyone's involved, they would want to know. Students. Um, we want this to be, um, it's for the students. We would like them to also be a stakeholder. The facilitator of the group, um, in this case, it's we're imagining that it's us as the social worker. And lastly, community partners. So if there's any community partners in the school um, that maybe work with these particular students, they would be important to include as well. So step one, engage stakeholders. Who wants and who needs the results of this evaluation? Step two, describe the program. So in this stage, you are just simply describing the program. You're not yet describing the evaluation. You are simply giving as many details as possible about the program that you ran. Um, so here you would include what your outcomes or goals for the program were and what the program, what the purpose was, what the mission was, um, what the logistics were. So the example that we have here, we're going back to that social skills group. And remember, you want to use as many details as possible. So this program was a school-based social skills curriculum for sixth grade girls identified as having low self-esteem from teacher and parent reports. The program ran for eight weeks and was held for 60 minutes two times per week. 16 sessions in total. The goal of the program was to increase self-esteem as evidenced through teacher and student reports. So that's a lot to say that the this was a program ran in a school. Sixth grade girls who were referred to the group from teachers and parents. It ran two times per week for eight weeks. There was 16 one-hour sessions and the goal was to improve self-esteem through teacher and student reports. We are describing the program for those stakeholders who are going to be reading about this program and reading about the results. Step three, focus the evaluation design. So here is where you're going to have to determine what type of evaluation you will use. And this is where it gets a little bit technical um, because there's a variety of different evaluations that can be conducted. Um, I read somewhere that there was over 35 different program evaluations that you can choose to conduct a program evaluation. Some of the ones that you may see or may have um, done evaluations through are formative evaluations, process implementation evaluations, outcome effectiveness evaluations, impact evaluations, or cost benefit evaluations. Um, I'm not super concerned that you know the differences between these, but just be familiar generally with some of the major evaluation types that you would use. For our social skills group, I have just chosen that we're going to do an outcome effectiveness evaluation. And like it sounds, we want to see if our program was effective and did it achieve the outcomes that we want it to. 
That will determine if the group achieved the goals and if the program produced the results that we intended. And remember, the goal was we wanted to see improved self-esteem from the beginning of the intervention to after the intervention. So our evaluation is going to determine, did it reach those outcomes and was it effective? Step number four, gather credible evidence. So in this stage, you are collecting the data that you are going to need to evaluate your program. So some questions that you want to be asking yourself here include, what kind of data am I going to collect? Is this going to be in a focus group? Is this going to be a survey? Is this going to be some sort of self-reported data? How are you going to collect it? Are you going to give a pre or a post-test survey? Are you going to use a database to collect your data? How are you going to code the data? These are all questions that you wanna be considering at this stage. Does my data measure program goals? You don't wanna pick a measure or um, use data that does not measure your program goals. You don't wanna say, my goal is to measure um, how much clients improved their self-esteem and then go ahead and take a data measure that discusses if they had fun in session. Those things do not line up. So given our example of the girls' social skills group, um, to gather data in this step, we are going to use pre and post intervention self-esteem rating scales. So these are gonna be given to the participants in the group. So we will give them a self-esteem rating scale before the eight-week session, and then after the eight-week session. The goal would be to see improvement from the pretest to the post-test. Also, whoever referred the student to this group, whether it be teacher or parent, we are also gonna do pre- and post-test surveys for them as well. But remember, in this data stage, you're gonna wanna collect many different points of data. So that's one point of data we will collect we also want to look at staffing. How many people did we need to run this program? How many girls were enrolled in the program? What was the cost of the program? What was the time needed per week to put into the program? And then also you want to look at the fidelity of the program. What does that mean? That sometimes when you're using evidence-based practices, there is a particular, let's call it prescription of how you should run the program. So if you are supposed to run it for eight weeks, two times per week for one hour, doing it with fidelity would mean that you did it for eight weeks, one hour per week, two times. Sometimes we're not able to run programs with fidelity. Maybe if you're in a school, there was a school holiday, so we couldn't run it one day. So fidelity is how close did you run the program to how it is supposed to be run. So these are all different points of data that you're going to wanna collect at um, this collection stage. And remember, the more data we have, the better we're at because the more data, the more conclusions we can draw, and we want as many um, important data points as possible to support our program evaluation. Step five is to justify conclusions. What that means is now you are going to take that data and you're going to draw conclusions. So this is where you're really seeing, did we meet the goals? Um, were the costs worth it? Was the impact there? You're making conclusions. 
Um, sometimes these can be positive con conclusions and sometimes these are areas where you're like, we can conclude that the program was too costly or the program wasn't effective. So here you're analyzing the evidence. You're making claims about the program. Did our program work? Did it not work? And then you're comparing your results with the expectations. So if we um, expected that 100% of people attended group for all 16 sessions, did that happen? That's just, and then we're going back to our example here. Um, the evaluation data shows that 85% of participants saw an increase in self-reported self-esteem from pre to post-test surveys. So of the girls that were enrolled in this group, 85% of participants saw an increase in self-esteem. Um, and then we have 70% of parents and teachers reported an increase in self-esteem. So the student report was 85% showed an increase. And from parent and teacher perspective, 70% of the students showed improvement. So given this data, um, like I said, we ran the program with fidelity. It was within our budget. We can conclude that the program met targeted goals and improved participant self-esteem in the way that we wanted it to. Um, so those those would be some sort of conclusions that you could draw. Say that we had only two girls finish the program. Um, that would probably show us that we did not hit the target that we wanted to. Because if we started, let's say, with 25 girls in the group and only two completed it, that's a lot of... Um, effort that's a lot of labor that we put in to only have such a small amount actually follow through with the program. These are all important things that you will be looking at when you see the data. And like I said, sometimes these program evaluations show us that our program maybe was not successful. And that's just a launching point for in the future for how we can change things and how we can improve things. Which leads us to our next step, which is sharing lessons learned. Anytime you do a program evaluations, you're going to learn and you're going to see a lot of things from the data. So step six is basically asking, what did you learn from evaluating this program? Um, here you're going to have data that can show you how can you improve this program in the future. If something's successful, you can still find data to help make it even more successful. Or if something did not quite hit the targets that you were hoping for, how can you use the data to improve your program in the future? It can help you determine where to cut costs so, because you should be looking at budget, you should be looking at labor, you should be looking at all of those things. This data can help you improve programming. It can tell you where to prioritize certain programs or um, which programs are necessary and which could be cut if there's budget cuts. It can also help you identify training needs. So sometimes you have the best intentions to run a program as um, it should be, as it's outlined in its evidence-based practice, but for whatever reason, it's you're not able to. That might signal that you need some additional training for your staff, and that could be an area that would come out in the program evaluation. Also, sometimes program evaluations help you identify possible outside partnerships. So maybe um, this shows that there's a really good opportunity from someone outside of your organization to come and help with the programming. Or maybe you could build a coalition with an outside organization. So there's so much to be learned from evaluating a program. So this is just an example that I made up given our self-esteem girls group. 
From this evaluation, we can conclude that two staff members will be needed to run this group. Um, so we've looked at the data. We've seen that one staff member wasn't enough. It was really hard to manage. We could um, maybe even have more success in the future if we had a second staff member. It's also to import that the training is needed for program facilitators. So it's important that if someone's going to be chosen to facilitate this group, they really need to be sent to the training on this evidence-based practice. The time and location of the group needs to stay during lunch block as it is difficult to pull students from academic time. So we have seen that attendance is much higher in girls group when we hold it during lunchtime because that is a very flexible time for students and it doesn't pull away from their studies. And then lastly, we found that students that completed quote unquote homework outside of the group sure showed more improvement on their pre and post test surveys. These are just examples. I have made up this program. This is all hypothetical. But the hope was to walk you through the different steps so that you could see how program evaluation works from step one all the way to step six. Um, and like I said, try and think of a program that maybe you're, you've run in the past. Maybe you've run a group. Maybe you work at an agency and there's a program that you'd like to evaluate and try and walk through these six steps and see if you can identify what you would do in this situation, given that example program. I have a few more program evaluation resources that I wanted to share. Um, the CDC has a very good working toolbox on program evaluation that I found very, very interesting. And a lot of the information from um, my presentation today came from that. And then lastly, the University of Kansas has a very comprehensive community and macro toolkit. Um, and they have a whole chapter on introduction to evaluation. The links are here if you would like to check them out. Um, program, I do want to message that program evaluation can be tricky. So if you're finding this a little bit hard to digest or it's, it's just really, you know, hard for the material to stick, Go through this a few times, stop and think of each step because a lot of us were not working in program evaluation. Maybe we took a course in our MSW. Um, so give yourself the time that you need to really learn these steps and understand what it means to do a program evaluation. And so that when you get to test day, if you see a question about program evaluation, you will really be able to problem solve and pick that correct answer. And then lastly, if you enjoyed today's content, I tried to put out these free sessions every week or two. I do have a seven session series um, on the big topics that you will see on the exam that I sell at the website below. Um, it is very good for visual and auditory learners. Um, each session will have a PowerPoint. It will have me walking through the material. And then each session also has five to seven practice questions where I break down the questions and help you arrive at the right answer. So if you're interested in that, feel free to check out my content there. And then you are here on my YouTube channel watching this now. Um, make sure you check out my other free content that I have on my YouTube um, I'm always trying to find new topics, relevant topics. So if you have a topic that you'd like to see covered, um, let me know. My contact information is here. And lastly, I want to say thank you. 
Um, I really enjoy putting out this content. I hope you found it helpful. And remember, wherever you are in this studying process, you got this. This is um, this is just an exam. You are more powerful than the exam. You are a great social worker. You have the tools you need. Um, and hopefully this was one little resource that will help you on that journey to licensure. Um, thank